You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Ten seconds never felt so long. Ten seconds of silence. <laughs> before the... Uh, before are you the saying that you're again. never silent for ten seconds, usually? No, I'm silent a lot. But I don't ever wait for something with absolutely no activity whatsoever. You know, if I'm waiting for something, I'm usually doing something else at least. But that 10 seconds is like... It's a countdown. Like Also, like when they you're do all show. like anal about it. So like, don't move. Don't touch anything. Don't touch your mouse. Don't touch a keyboard. Don't click your mouse. Don't rub your leg. Don't move your foot. Because every sound is going to show up on my little 10 seconds of silence. So it's not just me needing to be silent. It's like <laughs> me needing to not exist. The like, art. hold my breath. The art of recording audio. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, hello, listeners. Hello, world. Hello, Sid Talk. You're Hola. La- you're last in the uh, line of hellos. Um, what were we talking about before the after the show? We are talking about The Sims. You were playing The Sims. You're still playing The Sims. I am. Um, when will The Sims 5 come out? Don't know, but I'm looking forward to it now. Been a long time. Since I've been playing The Sims 4 for a while. Yeah, they had some kind of patch, and now you can have little kids. And as I was saying to you, this person, that person, did this, did that, I think it's funny, because I made all The Sims from my graduating class in high school. It's like a town of I had a small enough class that (laughs) I could do everybody, almost everybody, um, and try to give them the the traits, you know, similar, you know, you can't. I always find it funny when you go... Uh, I was playing The Sims and uh, Kevin Schmeiter said... Schmeiser. Schmeiser. Not Schmeiser. He's not German. Schmeiser, I said. No, it's Schmeiser. Schmeiser. No, not Schmeiser. Schmeiser. Schmeiser said (laughs) this, that, and the other to such and such. Oh, he massaged this guy and he massaged a guy or a girl. It's funny to me because that wouldn't happen in real life. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, if you're into The Sims, Sims 4... And create there's, your own little world. There's a patch just recently come out that they've added some stuff. So, um, it is Saturday, January the 14th. We're in a bit of a cold uh, weather period at the moment. Ice storms. They've been hyping up this ice storm all week, and then it really almost didn't happen. I mean, it's not really... We had ice over everything, yes. Because we went out on the deck and it was completely covered with ice. However... It was like... The, it, if you watch the local news on the TV, and you listen to people it on Facebook... It's literally like the world is about to end. There's photographs of the local store, and the bread aisle is completely empty. I didn't need a photograph. I was there, and the milk yeah. completely, all five doors of all the milk was gone, except for two it's bottles. It's like people of lose their minds. Yeah. Like, like, we need 18 loaves of bread, just in case. And now, what are they doing? They're eating loads of sandwiches, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> we need 17 gallons of milk, just in case we are stuck in our house for 30 days. But yeah, it didn't, it wasn't as bad as it seemed. So, um, keep warm, everybody. Unless you live in a warm place, then keep cool. So, it's uh, Saturday, January the 14th. This is After the Show. We're a weekly movie review podcast. And the world movie we are looking at on number 462 is Deepwater Horizon. It's a 2016 movie released on January the 10th. So, you can pick this up now. It's PG-13 and it's from our friends at Lionsgate. And Sid Talk will give you the synopsis. Of Deepwater Horizon. Well, 
It's based on a true event, and so there's not much synopsis. There's the Deep Horizon. How about if you don't know the true event? Well, most people do, I guess. Right. The Deepwater Horizon is a floating rig, not an oil rig that pipes up oil, but uh, it finds and drills the hole, gets the hole ready for the rig to be built. And then floats away. Goes away to another one, another one. And this is the story of the truth in 2010. Well... True events that would have happened in 2010 when, as we all watched for the 87 days on CNN and every other news outlet, the oil squirting into the Gulf under the water, that video footage of just... This is what led to the explosion. You know, they've pieced together Logic some of the truth oil and some spill of, the of all time. Yeah. Um, it was horrible for and the And it's basically picking some of the main characters, some of the people on the the thing that day. Oil platform, let's call it. Yeah. Because <laughs> they made clear to say, you know, most people, in fact all people, don't really understand oil rigs. And when people were calling into the emergency, they are saying oil rig on yeah. fire, oil rig on fire. We don't really understand no. it. So on a basic level, uh, we just see them all as an oil rig, don't we? If we see that mm-hmm. image, it's an oil rig. So I guess we should just say oil rig for the... Uh... For the sake of this, but if you're an oil rigger person, then we apologize. But, yeah. So <laughs> the movie, um, directed by Peter Berg... Um, who's on a bit of a kick of doing um, real-life event tragic stories, but in a, I think, in a respectful kind of way, not just, you know, Hollywoody, Hollywoodying, is that a word? <laughs> Movies. The movie. Um, so, Deepwater Horizon, um, I thought it was a fantastic movie. It was uh, interesting in a way... Um, I know about this. I know what happened. And Were there? I'm, no, but I know. I mean, I know the story quite well because I mean, it was all. It's been all over the news for years. Um, but I like the way he presented it. It was as though, well, it, it's it's not a like uh, anything new. I mean, it's like the they pick one person. It's Mark Wahlberg's character in this case, Mike Williams. And it's literally like you following him on a day to work, on this horrible day though, going to work, and it unfolding. But what I really appreciated, and I think that makes this movie really good, is it starts off slow, family life, going to work, meeting his kids, filling up at the gas station, you know, and it just kind of slowly builds to this tragedy. And by the time it gets there, which is about an hour into the movie... There's enough character building of these people that I'm like, holy shit. And I know, we know it's going to happen like the Titanic. When you go and watch Titanic, you know that the Titanic hits the iceberg. And you know that this is going to blow up. And the sense of dread that is happening is, I, it's all, all the time I'm like, I don't want it. Can it just end where it's a happy day and <laughs> yeah, everybody's good? Can we make a movie where we change into a parallel universe? Like I, like I know I want to see action and an explosion and all that in a movie, but I'm almost in the mind of, how about we don't have that and they all live happily ever after? Because I know it, that this horrible event is about to happen. And the event itself in the movie, the way he portrayed it, is... It's grisly. I mean, I mean, it's not like, um, like he said uh, on the extras, Peter Berg. This is only a PG thirteen movie, but it feels really realistic when the th- S hits the F. It's like super realistic. Um, the CG used here 
is second to none. I'm, in fact, I didn't even think about CG, and then when they showed you CG in the extras, I was like, wow, more CG than I thought. But you thought some of what you were looking at was CG, which wasn't. Right. You just didn't... It didn't look like it was CGI, but you figured... There's nothing eh. hokey, is there, CG-wise? There really wasn't. Go, Ugh. Like, there's none of that. Like, at all. There's a shot at the beginning of the movie where they fly up in a helicopter to the um, oil platform, and the camera... They're all walking towards where they're going in on the on the platform, and the camera takes a goes right around the rig as it's happening, all the way around. Now we know from the extras that there wasn't an all the way around really of this whole rig. About so, half of it, but not the whole thing. And then they showed you digitally how it was done. The camera is um <laughs> the the camera goes around and like three quarters of the shot is digital, but you would never, never even suspect it. It's it's amazing. I've wa- I've gone back and watched Titanic those scenes, and when the camera goes around the boat, it's quite clear it's all yeah a, a big CG set. That's just how it feels. On this, I didn't even, and I'm pretty tuned into seeing CG stuff, and I just didn't see it, and it was just incredibly well done. The explosion was like there was a scene spoilers, not really any spoilers in this movie, but there's a scene where Mark Wahlberg is in the water. With the lady. And the camera just looks up from bobbing underneath the water at the yeah. whole oil rig on fire. And it's incredible. It's it's not actually... On, there's nothing on fire. It's all <laughs> CG. Yeah. But you would never... Um, I liked some of the... Another thing I learned on this movie, from seeing the extras actually, and I thought it was really cool, is to have fire in the windows of... You know, they've got the set with the windows, and when it's on fire, you'll see fire reflected in glass in real life. So instead of CG, they had big, massive... Is like green screens? Big video screens with a fire on them, LED screens, that they just move in front of windows. Flickering like, so that whatever it's hitting, so that when you do put green screen or something back there, that's going to be fire. Yeah. You've still got the real lit. Weirdness. Yeah, the that lighting fire does. from yeah. fire. So it looked like that fireplace that you like on the TV, <laughs> yeah. which is just a. a, a, a it, it was a giant one of those that they just keep moving around, so you get the real flickering. I thought that was a cool thing, like something that could be done in CG, but practically, I guess it works better. But um, I think this film was really well put together. Peter Berg is. Do you feel like though you're talking a lot about how it looks, a lot about special effects, a lot about the fire? Do you feel like that overrides the story? Um, or does that just actually give you the reality so that you are there with them? If I have some issues, story. Uh, it would be with some of the story. Um, the story's fine, and it's a true story. It, it is based on what happened on that day. It ain't exactly what happened on that day, because nobody would know, would they, really? I mean, not everybody died. But they... Minute-to-minute stuff that's going on while that oil rig is exploding. Most people will never know because it, the, most people die. There are a lot of people No, die. 11 people die. I mean, the, I mean, there'll be areas of that oil platform that nobody really knew exactly that that guy flew up against that wall. Or yeah, true. All that stuff you wouldn't know. I don't mean only 11 people. I mean, 11 out of 123 people right. did die. It wasn't like only one person survived the whole incident. So you do have a lot of personal accounts. And I said I feel like Peter Berg... Does his thing. He will knock on the door of the wife of the guy who might have died and said, you know, I'm Peter Berg. I'm making a movie. I really want to be respectful. I'd really like to get 
to find out more about him and more about, you know, in the past what Riggs, you know, all this stuff. And then maybe go to the survivors and say, I know it's a really touchy subject. And I know that Hollywood kind of fucks things up a lot. But I'd really, really, here's the movie I've made about, you know, he's going to use Lone Survivor as his, like, yeah. look at this movie and tell me if I treat the yeah, people with exactly. respect. If I saw that, I'd yeah. say, okay, now, yeah. I know you survived this terrible, horrible tragedy, but I really want to make it so that people get it and understand that it wasn't just a thing they saw on the news and the BP was big fucking bad guy in the whole deal, which is kind of how it was all sold to the public. I want to just tell the story of that day and give reverence to you and your fallen comrades, you know, fallen now it- uh, co-workers, I mean, you know. So I feel like that's the kind of person he is. He's really intense. He is. Now, and you feel, I feel that while I'm watching it. But the story itself does take a side. Um, and it does make the BP guys look, and I said to you, <laughs> yeah. John Malkovich, I feel, overplays the part. He, he feels like Dick Dastardly. Like, there's a, literally, is a monologue that he does, and he's using like a Louisiana kind of accent, which... He- which apparently this real guy had, but it seems very ha 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 ha. I am going ha ha. You know, I am a, I'm this evil man who's making your life horrible. Now, it just came across a bit too movie-ish. For everybody else was playing it pretty normal, and this guy was over the top of it. And this movie does take a side. It does go. Oh look, these BP guys over here, they're just money hungry. Don't really care about what happens here with these people, guys. And and he's kind of like the John Malkovich character. You keep seeing him. Like, he survives this uh, thing and he's wandering around and people are looking at him. And it just seems very... I thought to myself, I bet the only thing that's on that character, I don't know about the real man. The real man, He, yeah. he apparently lived through... I'm not saying that about the real person. I wouldn't be disrespectful. But that character, the way he was playing it, I felt like what's going through that character's mind in John Malkovich's portrayal is, holy shit, this is going to cost us a lot of money. Yeah, exactly. Instead of I don't it's stripping away people. his that dastardly thing and just being a guy again, it never happened. No. And so I doubt if that's the reality. So the side that, that the ga- A guy saw. couldn't hold on to that sort of like, I am corporate and we are going to come and right. give you some shit. We need to make money kind of... He wouldn't hold on to that the whole... Throughout that entire thing. Yeah, and that's the part of the story that I didn't get on board with. Because it's a story, a true story even, of a this kind of thing. It's always a bit of both. And this really leans heavily on BP, bad. Our heroes, good. America, good. Business, bad. <laughs> yeah. it, it does that kind of thing. And it's, it's kind of heavy-handed at, at times. And that's the only thing that got me. I would have been a bit more subtle in that. I would have just hinted a little bit at these money guys here are a little bit driven by money. Whereas they really drove the point a lot. They had him standing there. Well, I think they had to because they have to. He has to tell you how the decisions were made. That was the entire thing. Why was the decision made? I mean, when you watch the hearings and you watch the news and you watch all the accounts, the actual court hearing everything about it the thing was who said to do this why did you decide to do this so i think he was trying to make it very very clear that mr jimmy or mark Wahlberg or the you know um slurp sur surly ethan so sur- <laughs> i don't know surply Suply. Suply. No L in there. No. His character, why he, because he's in charge of setting the drill, I mean, setting it to actually start trying to pump up some oil to test it and all that stuff. 
why did they do it? They didn't just do it. it yeah. There had to be a series of events. Pressure. The whole movie is pressure. Yeah, but they didn't just do it. He wanted to show you. No, I mean these... pressure from... Yes. Yeah, from pressure everybody. Pressure and pressure. Right. Yeah. And that little tiny moments, though, when the decisions are made. It's not just, oh, corporate's here. Oh, turn on the drill. It wasn't like that. It, it, I felt like he wanted you to understand it was confusing. It was frustrating, just like every corporate company cubicle-laden job. You're doing your job, and management three layers up has just put down some sort of commandment. And your little Weasley manager comes over and tries to implement it, and you're going, that doesn't make any sense. I can't do that right now. It's not how most of our jobs don't have lives on the line or billions of dollars worth of oil. But it's the same exact thing, you know, where you're in that any tiny moment, and you just go, nope, I can't do it. I'm not going to make that decision. So I think that's where he was going with keep. Keep pumping up the idea that these guys are, they're here for kind of like a visit, aren't they? The BP guys are in their little suits and they're not too worse for wear and they're kind of goofing around and they're like, yep, let's just keep it going, keep it going, playing games. I mean, they just come, they just, to me, came across a bit like movie characters rather than anything near realistic. They're the only ones who felt like we're making an effort here not to champion these dudes who... From the movie, anyway, it didn't look like any of them passed away or died in it. I, not, I think they all made it onto I the lifeboat. Yeah, yeah. That's not, I mean, that's irrelevant. I'm glad they lived. But I'm just saying, they didn't do anything to fill you in on their... You didn't see the, the guy with the purple tie, or magenta tie, leaving his family. And what, what ordeal he was going to come home with, right? You're, you're following the hardworking engineer yeah. guy, you know? That's what I mean. It has yeah. A, it has a side to there it. There is a split. There's a side, but it didn't feel like it was preachy. No. I didn't anyway. Uh, no, it's very patriotic and very, uh, I don't want to step on anybody's toes. Um, well, BP might be upset, but I don't want to make any of these men or wives of men yeah. who are dead feel like they were, you know... Um, Just fodder for my movie. Yeah, took advantage of. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, so that's how it feels. It does have a very strong, you know, the heroes versus, versus yeah. the baddies. And the baddies are the, happen to be the company. But, you know, those dudes are also just men who also... I shouldn't be feeling in this movie john malkovich's character because he played it so mustache twirling <laughs> i shouldn't there shouldn't ever really be a moment where i'm feeling i wish he'd get burned alive because he's a real man Correct. who i should care about as much as yeah he's you don't want man. him to be left behind or no anything. not yeah. like it's not die hard i don't want to see somebody fall off something and actually be happy about it so that was where i think john malkovich went a bit too far with his thing because i was like there was a moment where he they were getting onto some lifeboats, and I and I was like, "He's the guy from Titanic." Yeah, he's pushing that, everybody that, out. Yeah, he's that, grabbing the child. Can we just and... shoot this guy or something now? <laughs> but I shouldn't be feeling that during no. this movie. Like, so that was where it went a bit too far for me. But the rest of it um, is told really well. I think they all seemed very realistic and like. They've obviously done a lot of research. I mean, I don't know how an oil platform feels like works. it. How this oil platform works, and I didn't even know how this works until today. I thought I think it's really interesting. There's a floating oil platform yeah. that, that floats up like a big ship, which is but weird. It's an, it, but it looks like an oil rig, but it actually floats up to the spot, 
they they, you know, they prospect, don't they? They go under with Correct. their submersibles and look, oh, here's where some oil may be. They put it into place, they drill down, they find the, the oil. Then what they do is they plug it up, put a big plug in it. Of mud. And then they sail away to the next spot and the actual the rig oil rig comes in it, yeah. and, and naturally drills it for years, possibly, however long it takes to empty it. They pump it. Yeah. Um, fascinating. So this thing just like floats around different spots. Yeah, because you realize when they say, you've rented us. Right. Right. So then that's where it gets a little blurry because they're saying how many things are wrong with this platform. You've got a lot of equipment problems. The phones yeah. are breaking down. Is that the responsibility of the owner of the people who own that rig? Or is it responsibility of the big, huge corporation who rents it to then put it in place? You know, if you if you rent that rig uh, platform... Yeah, it's not BP's do rig. You, but do you say then, okay, well, we've got 390 pieces of equipment that need repaired before it's safe. You are now responsible to do that before we can drill? Or, you know, because they mentioned that. There's a lot of things wrong with it. There's, so they, that's why I said I didn't feel like they were... There's bureaucracy stuff going on during all the way through the movie. Like, nothing... There's a lot of repairs need doing... But I guess because B- of money and yeah, time. Yeah, VPs rented these platforms and they're moving them around. And because they're moving them on such a tight schedule, nobody has a chance to ever repair. To, it. Yeah, because there's not enough of them. So this one needs. He said we need to be over here doing this other dig, this other drill. So it it can only travel. We can't repair it. Like, <laughs> right, it right. It can't be taken in. So plus another fe- thing was they skipped some pivotal tests. Yeah. That will, as were pointed out by Mr. Jimmy or Kurt Russell, you didn't do the test because you don't want to know the result. Right. Because it's not going to be good. And then even when they do do the test and the tests aren't great, everybody's like, nope, nope, we're good, we're good, we're good. He compared it with, like, you don't want to go to the dentist because you don't want to unravel I don't want to know that I have a cavity. The kind of worms that you've got 10 (laughs) cavities. You don't want that. Exactly. Exactly. So by not going, then I don't have a cavity. Ignorance is bliss. Yeah. So they pointed that out, and that is very real. And imagine it, and even on t- even more scary levels of people who run entire hospital systems, people who are military leaders for, for troops that are out in war zones, like somebody's making a decision that is going to impact somebody's life, yeah. life, just because they're under pressure or they're too much of a, pardon my language, but they're too much of a pussy to like, make a different decision. They don't want to get in trouble. They don't want to cost a lot of money. And so the the price of the loss of life or the danger of loss of life has to be written off because I just need to get this done and cross my fingers. I really like the conversation when Mark Wahlberg did say, look, man, you can't operate on hope. Yeah, It doesn't work that way. You have to be prepared. You can't just hope it's going to go right and then it does. I thought that was really interesting. Uh, in fact, I think... Oh, I- shit. I feel like there's a lot of um, research done into the oil platform stuff because when they're all wandering around at the beginning talking to each other, they're saying a lot of technical things that I don't know what is what. And I feel like if I wandered around, if you took me on the oil platform and let me follow them for a day, I wouldn't know what they were talking about, but it all sounds very serious, right? <laughs> and that's how it felt at the beginning. I was like, I don't know what these guys are saying to each other. It, there's a lot of, there's an L3 to an N7 and, a, you know, they're talking about the different valves and stuff, I guess. Um, so I feel like that was really real. Because if the th- if you can't understand it, 
you just know, oh, that sounds bad. There's supposed to be a test done there, and they didn't do it, and, uh, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, it's really well constructed. What did you think of the movie overall, just the... Um... I really enjoyed it. I feel like it's a 9 out of 10. I really do. I feel like it's well made. It's well told. It tugs at the right heartstrings, so that it'll, it does that Hollywood thing, so you're not sitting there, you know... Yeah, it's not... I mean, I like understated ones as well. Lone Survivor is not a big... To da kind of a thing. It's very gritty and very pulls at your heartstrings and pulls at your nationalism and your patriotism and, and this your does humanity. The same. This does the same thing on a bigger scale and tells me a story that makes me. Maybe I'm just brainwashed by watching so many movies, but I feel like when I've watched something that somebody's representing a real event and they're not doing it in a hokey way. I don't feel like it's hokey. Like, I never have felt like, oh, now I understand what it was, must have been like to be on the Titanic. It never never occurred to me that that's a true, any even close to resemblance right. of what it must have been like. It was all hyperbolic. I don't, it was I, a big romanticized this tale. This makes me think, if I was that young dude standing by that pipe and that mud starts to come up when everybody is very clearly knows it's not supposed to, and then it blows... The pressure, I mean, I, feel, I said, this is like a big pressure cooker. The whole rig and the 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 severity of, like, the all of it just made me think, working in that environment, well, yeah, you get up and you go and you do your thing. And most days, everything's fine. But you are on the little tiny line of one thing going wrong that, you know, we're just humans and we're battling the earth. For yep. shit like oil. And Mother Earth uh, doesn't care. I mean, imagine... You poke at her enough and she's going to be like... Bleh. I was going to say, imagine the Earth is a big tooth. And we're literally <laughs> drilling into the middle of it. With a high-pressured pus in the bot in the middle of it. And you're it's just going to... Or a big pimple. Let's say yeah. the Earth is a big pimple. And you're just squeezing it and then she's going to blow. So, overall, I felt like I got a good story. Good experience. It could have been fiction, and it's told in a way that made me feel connected to the people. And it's also movie enough to be exciting and action-packed, yeah. right? Without being, like, gratuitous. It's not like... It doesn't feel like it, It's no. not like, oh, we're going to have way more explosions than it just feels right to me. And it wasn't, like, Disney-esque, as in the movie where um, Chris Pines the, goes the out to hours. save... Yeah, which I really love that one, too. But that's I really did. very... Candy coated. Yeah, it's got the Vaseline filter on. It's all. It just feels. Everything will be stylized. All right. It's super stylized, yeah. and yet I still was identifying with each person and their goal and their the the weirdness of that situation, which also was based on true story. Very but the similar style of, was different though. Yeah, but a similar type of incident. Some people. Yeah, they need uh, and that one an oil. A ship, ship tanker yeah. actually breaks in half yeah. in the middle of the or uh, several miles off the coast, and um, just stays afloat. Half of it stays up, and the crew on there have to somehow survive. Yeah, and then someone is Chris Pines is on his way to. Uh... He's only Pine, by the way. Oh right, sorry. Uh, Are you sure? <laughs> yeah, just Pine. There's no S. Chris Pines. Now you I'm can, like Linda can. from Bob's Burgers <laughs> when he says. <laughs> Ten Cup. It's a bad movie. What's wrong with Ten Cups? No, Ten Cup. Ten cups. No, ten cup. And she goes, ten cups. And he goes, no, <laughs> ten cup. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I said, so Chris Pines is not in this yeah. movie. 
So moving on to the cast of this movie, Mark Wahlberg's <laughs> plays Mike Williams. Um, what do you think of Mark Wahlberg here? He was he's getting better. I I really do think he's getting better. Uh, I don't. I I stand by he's already good. I've liked him for a long time. Like I think he is one of the actors that people poo-poo a little bit on. I don't know why. A lot of people say he's the same in everything. I don't think that's the case. Um, this one needs a lot less of that, what he's always been. He's not Transformer guy. To me, I buy him as the ordinary man. Like the working man or the soldier. Like, Hmm, he's really soldier because he's not. He's a big fucking Hollywood star. He is. <laughs> but, but you know, like in this movie, for he instance. He wants, I think he has a thing where he wants to be identified as that. Yeah, it works for me. And when he plays these parts, he's that. But he's yeah. actually just a big, huge Hollywood producer, actor guy who has millions and millions oh, yeah. of dollars. And doesn't do it for the fun of it. He does it for the money. But yet, when he gets his teeth into a thing where he's like, I think he truly wants to be honorable. Or yeah. come off as honorable. Yeah, yeah. And that comes through. As a good guy kind of thing. So, there's a scene in this movie. It's a real simple scene. He's just filling up his truck at the uh, mm-hmm. gas station. And uh, he's talking to his wife through the window. That just looks real, like a, a guy to mm-hmm. me. I mean, just the whole... His whole vibe, his persona, the way he looks. He is just a guy, but yeah. <laughs> Do you remember, we watched American Honey the other week. And they were at the oil place. And, um, and there was those real guys just stood around talking. Yeah. He looks as much as that, you know. I buy him as being a worker on this oil platform. Um, I think he does really well. Um, I don't get the hate for him. Yes, he's not been in. Not everything he does is great. You know, there has been some shitty movies he's been in, but um, I think he's on the right path at the moment. Like with Peter Berg, obviously they work well together. The next Peter Berg movie also stars Mark Wahlberg as a average guy, a policeman, right? Um, in the new one, Patriots Day. Yeah. So you know he's obviously there's something that works between them. So that'd be Patriot Day, I think. It's Patriots Day. <laughs> this one. Or is it Patriot Days? No, Patriots Day. <laughs> uh, and that one's about the Boston Marathon, which is another Bye. another. Peter Berg's obviously fascinated by how he's not fascinated by horrific things. He's fascinated by how people pull through Correct. horrible real things and how people are the always the hero and always the it's all, I don't know, it just is what it is isn't that's it? his fascination like um against without all turning odds, it into they, like you know triple x guy right i mean triple uh, x as in vin diesel or about a james bond or yeah. even transformers guy that he played that mark Wahlberg plays it's not that kind of dun da 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 i'm going to save the day kind of guy it's more like if I'm in a building or something terrible happens at my job or I'm on the street and somebody gets shot, am I the person who, and there are, no, everybody is not a hero type person. Here is a strong word. Not everybody will rush toward a fire. Not everyone will rush to a person who's bleeding in the street. Some people will stand and run away and be like, I ain't touching that shit. I ain't getting in trouble. I'm not mixing up with that. Or I'm afraid or they freeze. So he examines sort of a few different approaches to and maybe makes you think oh, what which one am i yeah you know i mean you you will never know until that happens because you don't know if you're going to freeze like if it if it's just all too much for you and you can't you might set yourself up to think ah i'd I go could in. easily 
but... rescue everybody. <laughs> yeah. But then it comes to it and you're just like, I don't know what to do. I yeah. jump over the edge of the oil platform. <laughs> I, thought, I thought that one guy was going to do that, to yeah. be honest. I couldn't remember any part of the story being that, but... Uh, Kurt Russell plays Jimmy Harrell. Now, um, Kurt, Kurt Russell is another actor who... He's been in show business for about 50 years. He's been in... You, you have seen him in a movie if you've watched movies. And I think he doesn't get tons of credit, yet you should... I think he does a really good job in a lot of his roles. And in this one, especially, I really totally good. bought this guy. This guy was kind of... He's, the he's in charge of it. Yeah. And he has to answer to these BP... Well, he didn't have to answer to them, but he has to kind of... He does. Deal with them. You have to answer to them because yeah. they're paying your And company. you can tell his job's a pain in the ass. Like, it's absolutely, like, he's just fighting these guys all the time. Like, not physically fighting. He'd like to. I could see that on his face a few times. He just really would like to just smash their heads in. And... <laughs> but um, what happens to him in the movie? Yeah. God. It is... Him and his stuntman. Yeah. <laughs> now, if that's real, the, the, this guy... He's literally been blinded by mm-hmm. bits of glass and stuff that flew in his yeah, face. If you can imagine a worse place, a bad place to be during a huge explosion on a on a in a room in a building that you're in or on a ship, being in a shower naked surrounded by glass yeah. might be the bottom and of the list. Banging your head so hard, yeah. That you're, that his whole face was swollen up and he, yeah. he couldn't even see. And all he could think of was he needed to get to the platform to press this button to do what he needed to do to because yeah. He needs to be the one to press it because he wants to take responsibility if anything bad happens. Because, like, other yeah. people are wanting to press it, but they're like, no, we well, don't they should have. have. The, they should have, but they don't have the authority. Yeah, but Jesus, if you're standing in an inferno and the whole freaking place is burning down, yeah, I'm but, pushing the button. But the thing is, the button could cause a worse explosion, right? So you don't know. Like, no, it's the, not 100% no, no. Gonna fix no, it. the problem with the pushing the button is you've just cost the company millions right. of dollars. Right, that too, yeah. No, that's it. That, oh, I thought you're said solving it could the problem. Like... No, you cut off the the oil. You actually cut the pipe that they've been drilling and building and all this stuff. You cut that off. You've just sealed up the pipe. That costs millions more to fix. That's why everybody's such a weasel about it. She came the closest. Like I think she was just like right there, but she should have pushed it too. I don't care who you are. And yes, I would have pushed it. I will set myself... I may not run into a burning building sometime in the future, even though I think I might. I think I probably would. Uh, that button, I would have pushed. F- fuck yeah. I mean, not if, like, nothing appeared to be wrong. No. But the whole place is on fire, and you've just had multiple explosions. It, she, Your power's The guy who off. told her not to also questioned her earlier I ain't on. doing it. He yeah. also questioned her. It was... They tried to build that into the story where she... He, she was maydaying, and he was saying, you, you don't no know authority. the difference between he this and He was a weasel, that, that guy. Yeah. A weak little weasel, and he should have known better. And he was like, when she was shouting mayday down the thing, he was saying, this isn't a blowout, this is just a the other one. The one that's not as serious. You don't even know the difference. What are you the doing? The thing is, though, she went ahead and did the mayday. Yeah, she did. <laughs> um, so, Kurt Russell is fantastic. And uh, it's, it's a bit physical, his role. He's... he's um, he, I buy it as he's like a real guy. Again? Yeah, definitely. Now, who I don't buy as a real guy is John Malkovich. I mentioned it earlier. He plays Vidrine. He's the BP guy, the head of the BP dudes who are on the oil platform. And like I say, it's over the top. It's over the top in comparison to everybody else. You know? 
it's just a little bit too much for me. It's not just the accent. It's how he delivers the lines or slowly. He's a bit smug. But he might be that way. I don't know. The guy might be that way. Yeah, but I, I don't know. It, it was a bit like, I felt it was a bit John Malkovich trying to be really showy. And it kind of like, it stuck out a bit from everybody else's natural kind of performance. Uh, Gina Rodriguez plays Andrea Flatus. Flatus? Uh, what did you think of her? She's good. She's, um, I couldn't, I didn't, I don't know her actually. She's like a new actress to me. So um, I can't really say other things I've seen her in because I haven't. Uh, but yeah, she did a good job. She's kind of, she's got a very responsible job too on this Everybody seems to have a pretty resp- everybody. It's a major job. I mean, even shit. even down to the guy who's literally the guy who operates the machinery, just stood on the platform, covered in oil. Even that guy is is very important. Like it's the whole chain of command. Um, Kate Hudson plays Felicia. She's the wife of Mark Wahlberg. Um, she does a good job. I mean, it's a little cutesy at times because she always does the cutesy thing. Yeah. Always does the little. It's what coy. she does, right? Same. Yeah, but that means that's her. It's yeah. Kate Hudson and not this woman. I have no way. I have no way of knowing who this woman was. That's the, my only complaint. John Malkovich, I could cope with because I know how he is. She was just a blank. We didn't give her any other than she's sexy and she gives him the eyes and she's got a cute daughter and he loves her. But it was almost like the woman that we saw in Everest. Yeah, she's at home, pregnant. Yeah. She had a little bit more to her, but there's still that sort of emptiness about who she really is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, she was okay. She's the wife. Okay. This is the thing. Mark Wahlberg went off to sea and left Diane Lane behind once, remember? And then this time he's gone off to sea and left Goldion's yeah. daughter behind. Because in Perfect Storm, he goes off and True. she's left behind. But she was more of a... There was more something of her as well. But this one... I like Kate Hudson. Don't get me wrong. But in this, they didn't give her enough, even in those little moments, other than just making her a sexy, worried wife, you could have given her something else. Yeah, I think they're more focused on she was cute and um, she can be cute. I don't know, really. They didn't really fully, well, apart from the daughter. The daughter was really good, though. I liked her. Um, Ethan Supley plays Jason Anderson. What did you think of him? I mean, we've known he him. He did a good job. Seen him in a lot. He of did things. an actually really good job. I was impressed. Not in a not in it a ton. Don't go in here thinking it's a movie with him in it like a lot because he's probably in it 5 minutes total, I would say. But uh yeah, he does a good job. He's a, it's a he's a key player in what's happening. That whole thing where they're telling him to press the button or whatever, do the drilling and he's kind of like uh, But he does it in a very good subtle like it's kind of they pressure him um, into the BP guys basically come and stand there going look essentially they're not saying it in so many words they're saying you're all pussies just do the job press the buttons do the thing fuck the risk we need to make the money for everybody right that's how they kind of come across yeah and he gets put into a position and I uh, put finally I put down Dylan O'Brien who plays Caleb Holloway. He's the young guy who is on the actual platform itself. I liked him a lot. I mean, he seems... He seemed pretty real when... Yeah. I almost felt like he might have been a real dude, but... No. He's one of those Disney kind of people. He did a really good job because he was like... When you look at all the different levels of management and worker, 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 you have... 
Ethan Supley, who's <laughs> in a booth, basically pushing buttons and telling people what to do and when to do what and making decisions. Now, I assume that means he started where these other dudes are. They are actually right there by the pipe, tightening the stuff. They've got dirt and oil all over them all the time. They're all grunged up because they're obviously doing the actual manual labor, right? They're just doing what they're told. They're making judgments. They're in the equipment. This guy, I've totally bought that he's like young, sort of like, hey, somebody said you can make a lot of money out on the rig, you know, out of oil rigging. And we, you've known somebody whose father actually worked on oil rigs and in the oil and does make, didn't make a lot of money. And it's sort of one of those jobs. You just travel around the world, make a lot of money. Um, yeah, he was not a, safe. He, my friend's father, who's died now, actually. Was a uh, archi- not on an oil rig. No, was an architect on an oil rig. So he designed the oil rig, and he went he, all over the world yeah. doing it, like actually on them. And so I bought that this guy, for some reason, I added him a whole story because he felt like a real person, had like a, a several year plan. I'm gonna make this much money. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna like, and he was really personable. And I thought, oh, don't make him be one of the people who dies, you know. So I liked him. Uh, so, this, as I said earlier, directed by Peter Berg. You'll know him from, uh, he did Lone Survivor, the last movie we reviewed by him. He did Hancock, which wasn't a great movie, to be honest. No. He did Very Bad Things, which I still love to this day. It's an awesome, dark comedy that he did. He did he did uh, several episodes of The Leftovers in season two, which I, I love The Leftovers. It's one of my favorite TV shows. And uh, he also did Battleship with Rihanna, if you remember that one. Uh, yeah, I liked... That was an I alien liked, invasion movie. Rihanna. Rihanna was in that one. Was she? Yeah. She was. I liked Battleship. Yeah. It was hokey, but I liked it. Yeah, it was a Independence Day style movie. So he's done different types of movies. And I think he's pretty good at these serious ones. And he's pretty good at the silly kind of... Because Battleship's literally like an Independence Day movie. It's just a silly... You know, aliens are coming. There's about some good aliens. And there's a lot of cool special effects. You know, it's that kind of movie. So uh, what do you think of Peter Berg as a, um, you know... My first encounter with him was as an actor. I mean, as most people. He was an actor before he was a director. And it's The Last Seduction, which is one of my favourite films. It's Peter Berg's in it. Um, And Linda Florentino. It's kind of a noir um, thriller. It was, uh, there was another movie called Jade, which people probably know more that she did. But the, that one, The Last Seduction, Peter Berg is awesome in it. It's a really cool, there's a cool twist in the tale kind of movie. Um, most people probably haven't seen it because I don't think it did very well. But it's from back in the day. Check that one out. I should have put that as my uh, recommendation. <laughs> um, what do you think of it? I, I mean, it can only go by now. Really... I don't know that his acting was always great and great. Really great in other things. What else was he in? Um, he's been in a lot of things. He was in a TV show, right? Can't remember, but... Like a sitcom or something. I've liked his movie making style. Yeah. I feel like that's where he shines. Yeah, he's... Uh, in. Like they say, even some people on those extras said, he is intense. He's intense. <laughs> if he's talking about chocolate chips, he's intense. It was the ILM guy, actually. He said it. He said, oh yeah, working with Peter is intense. What he basically tells us all the time as ILM, we do the special effects, is uh, that's not real enough. Like, make it more real. Without any technical words. And then they say, 
Okay. Well, that was him saying that, actually. He, he says they're giving him all these terms well, that's what he said too. The pixels other... and shit. And he's like, I don't know. Just I, make it look real. That's still just look more real. Like. <laughs> so, he um, did Friday Night Lights. Yeah, that he did. The, that was the big yeah. TV show. Prime Suspect, also a TV series. Yeah. Lone Survivor, Will of a Warrior TV movie. I don't know that. The Leftovers TV. Why, is that, why am I in the TV section? Because he's done a lot of TV, I guess. I don't know. Producer, actor, movie. Okay. Smoking Aces. Oh, he's actually in this movie, by the way. Yeah, for a brief second. He, yeah, he yeah. plays a part in this movie. Um, He was in uh, Collateral? Yeah. I don't remember him in that. Yeah, that's the Tom Cruise, Jamie Foxx movie. Yeah, that was really good. Really that good. That was creepy and good. What has he done a long time ago that makes me think... Something? He's on Alien movies. Go- just... What, you mean directed or no, actually started? No, this is acting. I want to see what he's acted in. Aspen Extreme. He was in Fire in the Sky. That's a good movie. I don't know. I guess none of those. Copland and... Smoking Ace. Yeah. Yeah. He also made The Kingdom, he said, remember. He was in it and directed it. Because he said, I've done The Kingdom, Lone Survivor. I don't know what The Kingdom is. Do you? Uh, no. Never heard of it. Um, no, I don't know that one. Don't know. What's it about? It's got Jamie Foxx and Chris Cooper. An elite FBI team sent to find a killer in a hostile country. No, I don't know it. I'm just I didn't it see that one. Yeah, sounds alright. Um, so, uh, extras on this Blu-ray. There are quite a few. Actually pretty good, I think. Um, there's The Fury of the Rig, Deep Water Surveillance, and Work Like an American. <laughs> That's actually a commercial. Um for American workers, which is very apt for this movie, so I kind of liked it. There's also Beyond the Horizon, an hour-long five-part series. Uh, That's what we watched. It's actually pretty cool. It goes into all aspects of making of this movie. You will be amazed by how much CGI there is, and they actually did build a real oil platform. Yeah. Um, And then there's Captain of the Rig, where it's interviews with all the cast members. It's probably like two hours of uh, extras. No commentary. Which is sad, because I like to listen to Peter Berg, but maybe in another release later down the line. So, conclusion, what do you reckon? Deepwater Horizon. I think it's excellent. Second movie we've watched this year. Nine out of ten. Second movie we've watched. Doing well this year, then. Yeah, I highly recommend it, too. If you, um... I was going to say, if you like... It's an action movie. It's a true movie. It's, um... A movie that will make you... Feel good in parts <laughs> and feel like humans can overcome a lot of things, you know? It kind of tugs at your heartstrings at the end when it, it does the thing that Lone Survivor did. It shows you the real life people and shows you all the people that died and their names. Makes you feel sad. With it the, does. With the very sad music over the top. And it should. Yeah, and Lone Survivor did the same kind of thing, so I'm, I am sure Patriot's Day will also do the same thing. Because these event, these people need remembering. Because they do get lost in the the bigness of an event yeah. for sure. So yeah, I uh, recommend this movie. Thanks to Lionsgate for the Blu-ray. If you want to enter a contest, go to aschoolie.com. We've got some items to win. You can win Train to Busan. Good movie with zombies. It was very good. Yes. Talking of trains, next week's Blu-ray review: The Girl on the Train. We'll be looking at that next week with Emily Blunt. She won't be here. Watching it with us. But she'll be in the movie. So, uh, movie recommendations this week. Yours? Mine are. <laughs> Based on Deepwater Horizon. 
and two people who were in it. Number one, based on Kurt Russell, The Thing. Awesome <laughs> movie. You should all see. One of my favourite horror movies, along with The Exorcist. And my second one, my favourite Mark Wahlberg role, is Paul Thomas Anderson's Boogie Nights. Or Boogie Nights, if you're an American. Um, he plays Dirk Diggler, the man with the very long penis. And uh, it's the story of a porn That's where you kind of fell in love with him, because of his big penis. I did. I, <laughs> I love Wahlberg's big penis. <laughs> I don't know. He was acting, so I don't think he actually had it. I think when he pulls it out at the end, I don't believe that's his real penis. <laughs> yeah, that's the only movie I can think of. Mainstream movie. That ends with a shot of a penis. Literally a shot of a penis. The final thing you see. Is that a determining factor of some sort? That it ends with... Have you got a list of movies that may or may not? So what are your um, movie recommendations? Mine are because I'm going back to 1987, remember. It's 2017 now. We're going to go back 30 years for the first 20-some weeks of this year. Because that's how many I have on the list of movies I have seen. And in this particular... uh, I don't know what... They're going in... I'm saying them in date that they're released. So this would be early in 20, um, 1920, 1987. For you kids out there, that was the 20th century. It was a long time ago. It wasn't the 80s. When we say the 80s, we mean the 1980s. It's so one of these days we're going to have to always say the 1980s because it's just going to sound like the 1880s. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. One of those. And I'm going to say mannequin. Not great, but of, of his time... Not great at all. Everybody, it was fun, though. It's like we into Bernie's. You can't really help it. It's just work quirky and weird, like the Comet, Night of the Comet, or something like that, you know? To, this doesn't have zombies in it or anything. Was there a mannequin, too? Yes. Was it good? I don't think so. I never saw it. Speaking of twos and threes or whatever, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, not great, but also Three's came out Three is the best one of all of them for me. Is it? Yeah, it's the Dream Warriors. Where they're in the mental, uh, mental institution. You like it because it's got Alabama in it. I, I believe Patricia Arquette. I, I like that one the best. I just liked the idea of them all, almost like the Goonies, getting together. This is not like the Goonies. And being a team and taking on Freddy. You know, like, um, I also can't get that out of my head. The uh, puppet... On, with the oh, yeah. veins It's the pretty puppet. gross. Yeah, it's pretty gross. Yeah, still nothing beats the first one. Though. No, I like that one. That's I my know. favorite one. So those are my recommendations. All right, games and Ace Scully stuff this week. Uh, Nintendo made a big announcement this week. Uh, they've kind of been under under fire a little bit from all the gaming people. I will just add my uh, little thing on here. I never really buy Nintendo consoles anyway when they come out. Uh, do I? I? I really don't, do I? Um, because, reason being... They never have the games that I'm looking for on Nintendo. Because I'm like a... I like shooting and, you know, I like Call of Duty and that kind of thing. And Nintendo don't get those kind of games. So I usually... If if I do buy a Nintendo console, it's because there's something cool about it that I want to play. And with the Wii, which I did buy a Wii, it was... I wanted to play that Mario game, Super Mario Galaxy, and I wanted to play the Zelda game, which I did. And that was the reason I bought the Wii. So there's no, it, it's not likely at all that I'll buy the Switch. So that's where I come from with this Switch. But as far as they announced the Nintendo Switch this week, it will be released on March the 3rd worldwide. You'll be able to buy it. It's $299, which is about the same price as the GameCube. No, the Wii U. In fact, the Wii U today is still $299, which is weird. It should be like $10. They get rid of them all. 
Yeah, but do you have to spend like $400 to get all the stuff to go with it? Well, the Switch comes with everything you need, but there's other stuff you can buy, which is ridiculously priced. Uh, that's one of the criticisms I have of this Switch. So, an extra control... It comes with... It's weird, because it's like nothing else before it. It comes with a controller that splits into two, and you can give one to a friend and one to you and play a game together. So, the controller it comes with is for two players. Now, if you want four players, you would need to buy another one of those, which splits into two. And that thing is $80. That was 90 No, it's 80 for that. It's 90 oh. for, for the Pro Controller, which is essentially a Xbox 360 controller, but for the Switch. Like a, a tr- more one. traditional controller. Okay. All in one. Okay, I get you. That one's $90. Now, I've never heard of a $90 controller in my life. Uh, arcade sticks? I have one that you play fighting games with. Those sometimes ninety hundred dollars because they're a huge thing. Like they're a big cabinet with big buttons in and a big stick. But this is literally a traditional joypad for ninety dollars. I don't. They need the money, I guess. I don't know. No, they know that people spend it. So yeah, um, everything's expensive. Uh, the the switch itself is a tablet. The console's a little uh, a six inch tablet. That you can play on the go, or you can plug into a little dock that goes in front of your TV and play on the TV. If you want another one of those docks, because you've got two TVs and you want to be able to put it in each room, the dock is $90. It's insane. What the dock is, uh, Kotaku took one apart to have a look at what it is. It is a piece of plastic with a HDMI cable yeah. in it. There's no electronics in it as as such. It just provides a picture to the TV. How that is $90, I have no idea. You know? Why is um, an iPhone $600? Yeah. They're greedy motherfuckers. It's really simple. So, <laughs> Pardon my language, but I mean, don't be like all astonished that a big, huge corporation wants to charge you a lot of money for some shit you don't need, but you want so much that you will spend the money. It's a really old story. It's getting boring. Now, I really like the idea of the Switch. Um, a, a, a handheld console that you can play on your TV, and the the um, it's the same. So you're playing Zelda in your in your living room, and then so you leave and you take it with you to travel, and you're still playing Zelda. There's no compar. There's no um, it's not downgraded. It's it's the same thing as you was playing at home. You're it, that's a cool idea to me. Uh, but there are some caveats with this. It's got the battery life's three hours. It varies. I was listening three to three to six hours. Two to six hours, yeah. And two is ridiculous, right? Depends on the game you said that you're playing. Yeah, Zelda they were saying was about three hours. Now that's their figures, and as we know from any figures that companies give you, it's usually less. Than yeah, them. they give you the best case scenario: screen on very dim, no sound hardly. In your real world, it'll probably be a half an hour less than that. I think that's a problem. Obviously. Not these days with kids in cars. You can plug anything in in your car these days, can't you? But with your wire, with your wire. But it's supposed to be to take on the go. So, like, you know, your phone can stay charged all day. This seems low. The other thing I like about this system is they showed you some, like, games. The game where you can, like, play without looking at the screen, I don't think that... No. I think it's very gimmicky and weird. Very weird. They're trying to, like, say, it's going to be really fun that you just play looking at each other and don't look at the screen. 
and something about the, the way the controllers work and the noises that are made by the controllers. Here's the thing. If I want to play a game where I am face-to-face with my opponent with a thing in my hand where I'm swinging my hand around trying to do accomplish something, or something yeah. like ping pong, hmm. I should go play ping pong. Mm-hmm. But I want the interaction with the television, with the screen, with the numbers, with the statistics. I'm not even a... I'm not anti-gamer, but... I mean, I'm not huge gamer. I'm not anti-game, but I get it. That's part of it, is watching the the cartoony graphics yeah. and like seeing your numbers go up and facing the TV is not any different than facing each other if, in fact, you're not really facing each other. Because we saw the people playing and they're like, they're kind of looking down like, I can't look at you because yeah. I'm focusing so much <laughs> on this sound. On this thing that yeah. it might shake or wobble. And I'm, the TV is also telling me the noises that I need to uh, so I'm not really looking at you. That's just bullshit. No, I, I, I understand Nintendo try to be innovative all the time. And that is something nobody's explored. But it, it seems to me, yes, that's really cool. But after about 10 minutes, you will never want to do that again. The same as Wii Boxing. Exactly. Wii Boxing looked really cool when you looked at it, right? When you actually physically did it, you were like, yes, that's cool. But now I'm done. And that disc will never go in the Wii again because I'm done with it. It's it's really, it's a 10 minute experience. So I like that they innovate, but I don't think that is the way to go. The other thing I thought was disappointing about the uh, conference that they had, and it was a Japanese conference, so it came across really weird to anybody else. (laughs) I'm not saying Japanese are weird. I'm saying it felt like it was aimed at Japanese people, but they decided to broadcast it to the entire world. So to everybody else, it seemed like kind of farcical and a bit weird. So I think that was a bad move. I think they should have had localized um, a, a Nintendo USA version of the conference that was more aimed towards the USA. See, I disagree with you. I think they need to cater to anybody. They're a Japanese company. They're making their games and their console for the world. And if the world doesn't want to like the way they present it, then they can fuck off. They don't have to buy it. You don't have to watch the conference. You don't need any of that. Because now you've watched two or three days worth of heads talking and boys playing and bullshitting about it where you get all that from other people. So I think this point that you and other people have heard Yeah, but I don't think the other people count. I think what Nintendo say to you is what you need. Right, and if you can't accommodate, if you can't adjust to their presentation from their national, the way they do things, tough titty. It did seem very weird. I understand, but... They don't need to cater to you. They don't need to speak your language or present it in a big Hollywood way or have some idiot on the side with, like, over Americans do it, because I've watched those too. I've been experiencing them all for many years. And if if I'm the Xbox and I'm American and I want to present it my way, then I do it. If I'm Japanese and I own Nintendo, I'm going to do it my way. And if you don't like it, don't watch it. You're still going to buy it. The people well, who are no, going to buy it are going to buy it. That's not... I don't think it did them any favors in the people who are going to buy it. What they presented. Here's the thing. The people who are going to buy it, don't watch that. The the people who think they might want to buy it, so they tuned in to see what it is. Those people aren't normal people. Well, they're gamers. They're gamers. They're not the normal people. They're not the people who go into Walmart every night and hear the kids say they want the game, they want this, and Mom, I saw this on the TV, and blah, blah, blah. They're not that person. They're They're not that part of real people when it comes to like consumers they've created their own little layer of an industry and found themselves very self-important in the last 15 years which i find really obnoxious 
gamer people. Oh, I thought you the meant gamer Nintendo. critics. No, no, Nintendo's fine. They're a company. They want to make their own money, but they should be allowed to do it their way and not kiss the ass of every little dude who sits at his computer and goes, Oh, Nintendo didn't have the conference where I could understand it, and it looks really boring, and I'm going to write a big long article about it and make my YouTube video about it. I mean, no, well, then don't buy it. Here's the Here's my advice. Don't buy it, and also... Don't hang on every little news conference like it's the ch- end of the change of the whole world. If they, you don't like the way they do it, move on and stop well, bitching about it. What I um, also found disappointing about the conference is the games that they announced were not very, not very exciting. Like, I mean, they showed. I don't disagree a new, with that. Yeah, they showed a new Mario game that, that I thought looked amazing, but then they went on to say that will be out in Chris. Uh, Christmas 2017. So that is not a launch. Well, it's not that far off. But it's it's enough time as to... Well, you know, they're trying to promote a launch of the console. What games will be here? They showed Xenoblade 2. I, I'm not familiar with that. Japanese people will be. It's not huge in, over here. They showed a bunch of Japanese games that I actually still don't know what they are. Because they only showed the Japanese title and nobody translated it in the conference. So there's some a, a golden man that runs around. I don't know what it is. Sega came on, and this was really weird. Sega said, a man came on, and he said... I think the translation might have been crappy. I don't know. <laughs> the translator said, we're Sega, and we recognize that Nintendo are making this new console called the Switch, which will have many innovative features. We will look at it and see what we can make for it. Thank you. And then left. I was like, so you don't have a title? You know, there's no Sonic? You can't you say something? Like, that doesn't tell me anything. That tells me that you might look at it and go, nah, and move on, right? Yeah, but it, it tells you that Sega, who in the past have always been a thing, they were equal or beyond Nintendo at some point, yeah. right? That they are somehow... Yeah. Going to utilize this art. Yeah, but I don't think I don't think it's fair to say, Ugh, they told me nothing. Well, if they hadn't made their presence at all, you wouldn't even be talking about it. So at least they've made their presence known. They're going to somehow, and you know how, if they can make money, they're going to make a game for it. And that's just the way it is. And then a, a very tall man from EA came on the stage. <laughs> and they had a red EA logo in the background. And they said, we are making a game. It, let me add. A game. Just one game is what they said. He didn't say we're bringing out a whole bunch of games. He said, we are making a game for the Wii, the, the Nintendo Switch. I just realized there's no Wii anymore. They didn't use Wii this time, did no. they? Um, we're making a game for the Nintendo Switch, and it's called FIFA. And then they left. And I was like, well, of course you're making FIFA. <laughs> it's the number one game in the world. and It's, like, huge. But, um... They didn't... That was it. They, they committed to making a FIFA game. They didn't... Obviously, they're not... <coughs> on board properly. Because they, if they were, they would have said, we're also bringing Mass Effect... But see, you're interpreting Mirror's that. Edge. You're interpreting that. You don't know that. It's just, again, this this layer of you and your... Well, I'm computer. saying that... Yeah, but you're interpreting that as the, them going, we're not really involved, but they invited us to come here all the way here to make a statement that says we may or may not be involved. That equals to you. They're not going to do anything. But you don't know. You're well, not there. The hit, hit past history, the Wii and the Wii U, both, 
EA came on at their press conferences also and said, we're making games. And then within three months of those consoles coming out, EA dropped Nintendo completely. Because you know why? They didn't see any profit to be made. Right. It's too small a market for them. They're interested in the Xbox and the PS4. It's huge. 40 million consoles are both sold. Nintendo are very low on that. So I think those big companies... And this is the problem with Nintendo for me. They're great, Nintendo. Their first-party games, Mario, Zelda, amazing. They do that really well. But all the other people who make games, they don't take them seriously because the user base isn't big enough. So when... EA come along and go, are we going to put Titanfall on the Nintendo? They go, well, we'd only sell 600,000 copies. Yeah, only. (laughs) Yeah, but why? Because we can sell 40 million over here. (laughs) Like, so... Yeah, but you can sell 600,000 of that and 40 million of that. Yeah, but all the time it takes to make it for that, they just don't see it as a profitable thing. And what happens is they just drop out. You see it all the time. So... It's going to happen again. You don't know that. It always does. I know, but you don't know that. The Wii was one of the most the successful consoles of all time, and everybody dropped out about it. I understand, but you don't know that until it happens. That's just, it just felt, you can't argue with this that. This conference felt... Uh, all these people felt like they They felt obligated to be there, but not... Not committed to it. Like, like they're thinking about committing to it, but nobody's really made a final... If EA had committed to it fully, they would have said right there on the stage, look, we're going to bring out 100 games this this year for, or next year for this console. They didn't, and nobody nobody did, apart from Nintendo, who obviously make their own games. But as any Nintendo console owner will tell you, when you do buy a Nintendo console, if you are interested in those Nintendo games, you will get four games a year from Nintendo, like Clockwork, and that will be it. The Wii U and the Wii literally got four games a year. Like, you get a Mario, you get a Zelda, you get a, what, Smash Brothers, and you get an Animal Crossing. And those are it. Like, they're very slow at bringing games out, so you've got to love those games, and you've got to not want a lot of games, you know? But, on top of all that, it will probably do good. The person who plays Zelda, though, religiously, is not a person who plays a lot of games. Let's be fair. A game like Zelda takes twenty hours. A lot they're of not time. Long. Then, I mean. Oh, I thought they were like hundred hours. No, or they're really they're really not. They're like they're an RPG, but they're kind of a bit scaled down. Like they're aimed at everybody. It's it's a Nintendo thing. Everybody can pick up and play Mario. It's kind of easy to do. I can't. Things too hard. In, but. It, <laughs> You just don't make an effort to... If you spent 20 minutes playing it, you'd, you'd be... No, I still think it's too hard. So, uh, yeah, that's the Nintendo Switch. Uh, you can pick one up on March the 3rd. If you can find one. Because you know what? All those eBay scalpers, they probably got all the pre-orders already, right? So, uh, what is Svenguli? And what is on Svenguli tonight? Svenguli is a horror host who dresses up in a funny costume every week on a Saturday night and hosts two hours worth of... An old horror movie of some kind. Anywhere from the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s. I don't think we've reached the 80s in any way. Universal has been the prime uh, suspect of all of the studio, but they're branching out this coming year. And tonight is going to be Black Friday, which last night was Friday the 13th, so it's kind of interesting. It's Boris Karloff. Boris Karloff. So it's an old Mm -hmm. one. Yeah. 
So, uh, what's for dinner You're tonight? a mean one, Mr. Grinch. That wasn't him singing that, actually. No. Tonight for supper is soup that's been cooking in the crock pot all day. Quarn. Chicken patties, which are not chicken. We're vegetarians. No, we don't eat chicken. But they're made. the corn stuff. is the brand. It's really good. It's like mushroom protein that's made into yeah. it. It's really good. And it's been in the soup. So, like, take it out, put it in the skillet for a minute. Oh, my God. They're amazing. I mean, it's, like, amazing. They soak up whatever flavor you've got, don't they? Well, they're good on their own, too. I've cooked yeah, them just they on, are their good own. on their own. Yeah. There's no, like, uh, yeah. I don't want people to be like, oh, you have to make it taste like They're something. really good no. on a sandwich, too. Yeah. Like, it tastes like a, there's a piece of chicken on your sandwich. Yeah, because what does a chicken breast taste like? If you just threw it in boiling water and ate it, you'd be like, this is boring. Right, well, it tastes like everything needs to have yeah. flavor added. And a baked potato, which I baked a whole oven full of potatoes the other day. And we were really cold. It was becoming going to be the ice stormy. We don't turn our heat up very high because I'm really cheap. This last couple of seasons, I'm trying to not spend too much and on And you don't need to. Actually, it's a good thing. You, you get used to it being cooler. A I mean, we bit. don't have it cold. 63, 64. Yeah, but we used to have it 75. So when you get down to like it, you get used to it. It And then when it goes, when it does, when you do put it up, when it's a, you kind of get warm. Like you're like, oh, it's warm. No, I like it when it's warmer. But I was so cold that I set, I put all the hot baked potatoes in a bowl and brought it in here by the computer with me and set it right in front of me. So then I I kept putting my hands on it because they were all wrapped in aluminum foil, just cooling down before I put them in the fridge. And I just had it, it's like my own little hot water bottle, but my own little, like a bowl of hot rocks. That's a cheap way to keep warm. (laughs) (laughs) I did contemplate putting one in my bra as they were cooling down, but I did not. Sound like it might burn. I did not. No, no, as they were cooling. So that's what we're having for supper. And my advice is... Be prepared for things, but don't be too prepared. Now, the ice storm that was supposed to ravage the middle of the country. Um, I went to the store the it other day. It did ravage a lot. It has been icy. It has been icy in places. It, people, but it's not been what the ice mageddon kind of uh, attitude. And so, people rushing to the store um, to overbuy everything. I got. Essentially, I go to the store about every single day. So when I went to the store, I got what I would get for three days. Right. Because if it is icy at all, and I don't have to go to work until Sunday, I don't really have a reason to go out. I just go out because, hey, I'm going to go get Jimmy John's or whatever, right? So I just said, I'll get my three days worth. And there were people in the store, and I'm telling you, carts heaped full and panic mode, you know, just like, and then it was funny because you'd focus on, I focused on a few people because I was in line for 45 minutes. One old couple I saw from behind, I'm like, oh, you know, they were kind of, they were fit and everything, but you could tell he was kind of limping around and they're pretty old, probably late seventies, pushing the little cart. And I was like, oh, you know, it's kind of rough when you're old. You definitely don't want to go out on the ice. And as they're checking out, I'm watching what they're buying. <laughs> and there was like a bottle of vodka bottle of something else, whiskey or something, it, liquor bottles, like a whole. Right. The big ones. Seven bottles of wine, all different kinds. I don't know if they're having a party. It'll or keep if they're you just warm. Stocking them up for the next few days. Snacks, just snacks. I didn't see any, like, and frozen pizza. She had a big stack of frozen pizza. Stuff you, no, I was going to say stuff you don't have to cook, but you have to cook frozen pizza. Yeah, so I'm thinking, is that, <laughs> are you just planning on having loads of people over for the ice storm, or is this just how you eat on a normal basis, and so you decide, well, screw it, we're going to get our, our week's worth of frozen pizza, <laughs> potato chips, and booze. So it's kind of funny. All right, so let me remind you about our website, saidschooly.com and sidtar.com. You can catch us on Facebook and Twitter. 
You can also catch us this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, the Google Play Store, or just go to acecully.com slash podcast, subscribe and listen straight from the page. You can email feedback to me at acecully at acecully.com. Don't email Sid Talk. She uh, doesn't like you at all. None of you. And That is not accurate. Finally. I probably don't like some of you, but not all of you. Stay classy, Mr. Peter Berg. Doing some good films recently. Looking forward to your next one. And I'm going to say think for yourself, because if you don't do it, someone is 100% definitely doing it for you. <laughs>